Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. With two teams both being mathematically eliminated is our game. Washington and the Jets Sunday from East Rutherford. Jake Asman is the host of uh, ESPN New York 98.7 FM, uh, a show on that station. Plus, he's got a YouTube show as well. You can follow Jake on Twitter at Jake A-S-M-A-N. So I'm just curious, like if the Jets had pulled off one other win and were mathematically still in it, would Aaron Rodgers be starting Sunday? Kevin, it, it kind of does feel like it was at least on the table. Like he was willing to play not at 100% if the Jets doctors approved him for contact and he can go out there. I, I don't know if that would have happened necessarily this week or maybe they would have been more comfortable waiting for the Browns game potentially because they play on Thursday night next week. So you're talking about you know two games in four days for right. a newly turned four off this, but it was certainly on the table. It felt like if they had beaten the Dolphins or they had another win or two right now in some of these games they've blown this year, it would at least be a legitimate conversation. But once they were eliminated, I, I didn't think there was any chance we were going to see them again this year. And that's essentially what the Jets have since said since that loss on Sunday. Well, that's the right call. It would have been ridiculous for him to come out and play in a meaningless game uh, when, you know, this is a pretty good football team minus the quarterback position. It is, and that's what I think makes this year, if you're a Jet fan, one of the more frustrating years in in recent memory. You know, this defense is awesome, but they get wasted almost every game. I mean, th- this offense is not just bad. You know, they are historically bad. I mean, this is an offense that has scored zero or one touchdown in 12 of their 14 games this year. They're dead last on third down, dead last in the red zone. They're, I think, bottom three in points per game. I mean, they've averaged, uh, you know, just a, a – just – a ridiculous amount of just uh, lack of scoring, offensive ineptitude, like you name it. I've never seen an offense this bad in all my years watching football. And you know, the idea that, you know, Rodgers would fix all of it, I, I don't know if I buy that given the issues they have on the offensive line, but it certainly wouldn't look this bad if he was healthy. And you're wasting a defense that, you know, game in, game out, if they don't play at their best, the team gets blown out, as we've seen. And more times than not, they give the Jets a chance in so many games this year, and it's basically been wasted. It's actually at times, because so many of the Jet games this year, Jake, were actually you know, uh, scheduled in prime time or scheduled for a late afternoon window where most of the country got it. So we've seen too many Jet games this year. With that. <laughs> but with that said, and I've been talking about it periodically here all season long, I think if he had been healthy, I think the Jets were a legitimate Super Bowl contender with that team and that defense in particular. And, you know, I, I one of the regrets has to be that they didn't address the backup quarterback position, right? 100%. And, you know, it's, it, it all goes back to 
just the stubbornness that they have had as an organization, mainly the general manager, Joe Douglas, and just doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down on Zach Wilson being the number two quarterback. I mean, you know, we thought going into the offseason a year ago, they were going to cut him, they were going to trade him, they were going to move on. That doesn't happen. They name him the number two quarterback without any competition. Tim Boyle doesn't count. I mean, he's basically a training camp arm that got to, you know, ride the coattails of being best friends with Rodgers and be the number three quarterback. And Zach goes into the year as the number two, and we figured, all right, well, once Rodgers got hurt on the fourth play of the season, at the minimum, you know, Joe Douglas is going to add somebody, and he just never did. Eventually, they signed Trevor Simeon after week three of the season. It took until week 12 for him to even be activated as the backup. They just never made a move. They they never made a move uh, after week one. They never made a move by the trade deadline. And, look, they have a lot of injuries on the offensive line, but ultimately, you know, you could go back to several games this year where if they just got just bad quarterback play, let alone, you know, average quarterback play, that might have another win or two right now. And, and as we've seen in the AFC playoff landscape, that's all you would really need to be mathematically alive going into these final three where two of the Jets' last three games are the Commanders at home and the Patriots. So two winnable games here over the last three. They'd be in the mix if they just were so uh, – if they didn't neglect addressing quarterback at any point after Aaron Rodgers went down. I truly believe that. I'm curious after watching Joe Flacco here in Cleveland the last three weeks and knowing that he was on the Jets roster and, by the way, had one of the more amazing comebacks against the Browns last year. They were down 13 with like less than two minutes to go and won the game when Nick Chubb ran out of bounds, I think it was, um, and they got an onside kick. But why didn't they go get Flacco? You know, I heard some rumblings that, you know, there were people inside the Jets organization that wanted to bring back Flacco, but they were they, they were very split on whether or not he would actually be considered an upgrade. And here's the thing, you know, saying that out loud sounds ridiculous, but watching Flacco outside of that one Browns game you referenced, he just looked just interested in playing last year. He couldn't move. And honestly, with the state of the Jets O-line, him being such a statue back there, I don't know if it would have worked. I know I'm sure Carson Wentz is not beloved in the Washington area after last season, but like Wentz at least could move a little bit. Like take a flyer on him, you know, trade a sixth round pick for Josh Dobbs. And even if, you know, it ends up not working out, but if you just won maybe an extra game or two by just bringing in someone or, you know, an- another guy who you guys know well in DC, uh, you know, we saw reports Jacoby Brissett was available for maybe a day three pick. They They just needed to do something to at least try and galvanize the team just Going, going all in with Zach Wilson when it was clear this is the same guy who's just not a, a, a viable option stunk him. So I, I would take Flacco. I don't know if it would have worked because of the O-line, but they, they just didn't even try. Like, at least if they tried to do something and it didn't work, it would be more, you know, more understandable as a Jet fan. But they essentially just lost Aaron Rodgers, and they were like, ah, we're good. We're just going to run it back next year. This season's a lost cause. And it's a shame because they wasted a, a, a great defense. Again, they have the, the third-best defense, according to the DVOA, in the league. But because their offense is such a distant 32nd, they don't have a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, it is such – I talked about this this week. It's not just a distant 32nd. It's all-time DVOA bad, and it's five – and a half percent worse than the giant offense, which remember at the beginning of the year playing in the same stadium could not score a touchdown. Um, we're talking to Jake Asman from New York, uh, Skins Jets Sunday at one in East Rutherford. The Jets are three point favorites. By the way, you just reminded me of something. So 
we were uh, at the trade deadline. I think a lot of us were all in for moving anybody that we didn't think would be on the roster next year. Uh, they they ended up trading Chase Young and Montez Sweat. The, the, the team wanted Sweat. They just got too good of an offer. But it was reported that the Browns offered a pick for Jacoby Brissett, and Washington decided not to do it because Brissett had been such a great mentor for Sam Howell. Hey, Denton, you know what it was? It was that. Jacoby Brissett ultimately might have to play is what Ron was probably thinking in the moment. Maybe now that we know that, you know, Brissett came in uh, Jake Sunday for Sam Howell and lit it up on two drives. I don't think you'll see him Sunday. I think you're going to see Sam Howell um, start to finish. So um, because of Aaron Rodgers getting hurt, the Jets are not a contender. I think any football fan that's watched the Jets knows that with Rodgers this year, even if it was a shell of what Rodgers used to be, they would have been a playoff team at the very least. Is Robert Sala in trouble because Aaron Rodgers went down on the fourth snap of the year? If you had asked me this question about a week ago, I'd say I, I would be shocked if Robert Sala is not brought back. And I still would lean with Sala being here next year, the general manager who put the team together, Joe Douglas getting another year. But the way they lost, Kevin, this past week to the Dolphins, 30 to nothing in a game that they were still mathematically alive for the playoffs. A, a Dolphins team that's in their division, a Dolphins team that actually just played on Black Friday two weeks prior to be that badly blown out and get out coached the way they did. And then some comments afterwards from players saying we were out-efforted, out-schemed. You start to go, well, hold on now. Has the ineptitude of the offense finally contributed to guys on the defense maybe lying down? Like, is this team still going to play hard for the coaching staff these last three? So I, I think more, more likely than not, Sal is back, the GM is back, probably even Nathaniel Hackett, who's done a terrible job as the O.C., is going to be back because he's Aaron Rodgers' guy. But depending on how the Jets look here these final three weeks, including Sunday, where this, in theory, should be a winnable game at home against the Commanders, I, I think there is a chance if Sal maybe lost the team, there could be some changes. But if, I, if I'm making a guess, I think the Jets probably win one of their last three. They'll finish with six wins, and they'll give Robert Sala another year, and he'll get his year with Aaron Rodgers where he ideally does last longer than just four plays because that was the most Jet-like thing to ever happen to lose Aaron Rodgers on the opening drive of the season. Most of us are hoping that one of those three wins is Sunday uh, because Washington <laughs> – overall pick and quarterback may be a need for them real specific I want to get to what you think the effort will be Sunday after what we saw last Sunday and now knowing that they're mathematically eliminated in a moment but just tell me and and tell everybody about some of the uh, reasons why this defense is so good and you know we know the names of Sauce Gardner and Quinnen Williams and his brother uh, Quincy Williams but just who's played at I mean how Pro bowlers will they have off that defense this year? Will they have some? They they certainly should. So last year last year they had uh, they had two pro bowlers only on the defense, and, and and I felt like there were a couple guys who got snubbed. You mentioned Quinton and Sauce; those are the two first team all pros they had a year ago. Both guys have been phenomenal this year. I know Sauce Gardner doesn't have you know any interceptions. Well, it's because he never really gets targeted. I mean, he had 27 pass coverage snaps this past week. And he didn't get thrown out once. So he, he's the closest thing as a Jet fan I've seen to Darrell Rivas since Darrell Rivas. Sauce is truly that good. Uh, but you have him. You have Quentin, Quincy Williams. You mentioned him. He's had a Pro Bowl season. He has taken his game to another level. C.J. Mosley is still excellent. He's a guy that certainly should get some Pro Bowl consideration as well. And you look at the defensive line, the reason why the Jets 
have been, you know, a really, really good defense in addition to the guys I mentioned in the secondary. You know, a guy like Jermaine Johnson has taken a big step in year two, former first-round pick. Bryce Huff, who's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. He was an undrafted free agent in 2020. He's blossomed into one of the best just pure pass rushers in the league. And you just have guys at every level that are really good. They are really coached well on that side of the ball, which is the total opposite of the offense. And this is the third year they've been in the same defensive scheme. So there's a a tremendous amount of continuity there. So this defense typically gives them a chance in every game. That's why last week was so surprising to hear the comments from a guy like DJ Reed, who's had a pro bowl level season saying he felt like the effort, you know, in the second half, wasn't like it wasn't where it needed to be. So uh, this team has played hard for Robert Sala and the staff all year. I would expect that again on Sunday, but the Jets are likely starting Trevor Simeon at quarterback. So, you know, this game could very easily be, you know, 10-9, 13-10. It could be a low-scoring, ugly one because I, I bet you the Jets defense plays well. And, you know, even if the commander's defense is not ranked high, I think they're 32nd, the Jets offense is so bad, I wouldn't pick them against anyone right now. Yeah, I'm actually surprised the total is like 38. Uh, this reeks of a game that, you know, should be in, in where we've seen some totals this year in the NFL in like the low 30s. Um so what do you think you're, we're going to get from the Jets? I mean, the hope here is we get that same def- – uh, the hope here, meaning because I don't think a lot of us want Washington to win another game. And they certainly won't have a chance more likely than not to beat San Francisco or Dallas, which is their final two games. This is the winnable game. What kind of team, what kind of effort do you know? should we expect? Have they – Are we going to see the Miami effort because it's essentially over, or will we get that Jet defense Sunday playing at a high level? You know, the Jets very rarely have had back-to-back bad performances from the defense under Robert Sala the last two years. So I I would expect them to play well. The the commanders could absolutely still win this game, though. I mean, we're talking about just once again, you know, a a Jet offense that has scored zero or one touchdown in 12 of 14 games this year. So, you know, I, I look at it like it's, it's going to be a low-scoring defensive type of game that is probably going to be a coin flip. And and I know probably a lot, a lot of your audience, Commanders fans, you know, they, they want to see the team lose. That's kind of where a lot of Jet fans are at, too. Like, hey, if we win, great, nice, but, you know, we're better off losing and getting a better draft pick. It's a shame, given what the expectations were for the Jets this year. But, you know, both fan bases are kind of rooting for losses on Sunday. We're certainly not going to be that upset from a Jet perspective if the team loses. I think the Jets' defense will play well and keep them in the game. But this game, to me, is truly like a coin flip when you have, you know, Trevor Simeon versus Sam Howell. I guess you throw the records out the window, as they say. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the, as bad as the Jet offense is, Washington's defense isn't that much um, uh, better. They're 31st in DVOA, and they've just been horrific. And you did have that weird result a few weeks ago against Houston. Um, yep. Plans. I don't know how that happened, uh, but I know I bet the Jets that day, which was a winner. So I'll, I'll take that one. Um, <laughs> uh, this. So I, I was reading that is Aaron Rodgers going to be active for the game? He's not going to play. We understand that. But is he going to be active? And if so, why? So I, I could try and explain it. Uh, it they, they basically have had Aaron Rodgers back practicing with the team coming off injured reserve on that three-week, you know, activated window where you could practice. So because they, they've had so many injuries, they have an open roster spot right now. So they're adding him to the 53 just so he can continue his rehab with the Jets as opposed to, like, not being allowed on the practice field by NFL rules as an injured player. So he's never going to be activated to, like, the game day 46. 
but he'll be on the 53 so he can essentially take reps at practice and continue to throw to guys actually on the team and not like, you know, coaches or strength and conditioning guys off to the side. So it was like strictly a procedural move to let him be around the team on the actual practice field for the final three weeks, but he's not going to play in any game the rest of the way, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I'm just curious, is there any sort of pushback from people saying, you know, there's a roster spot there for somebody that he's taking? Well, there, there was yesterday because they, they released the, their fullback, Nick Bauden. He was cut to make room for Aaron Rodgers. But people didn't realize, though, is that he's going to be added back to their practice squad. And then if he's healthy, the reason why they chose him is because he didn't practice yesterday with a knee injury. So if he's healthy, they'll elevate him, use one of their three elevations they would have on him to their active 53-man roster for the game day, and he'll be on probably the active 46. People are like, whoa, he's, he's not getting his salary if they take him off the roster. What they don't realize is he's a vested veteran, meaning his 2023 salary was guaranteed in week one. So he's not losing any money. It was strictly a procedural move to basically get Rodgers on the 53 and then not once again take away any money or a roster spot from someone who's like earned it to actually be a, a, you know, a healthy player on like Rodgers is just you know, being added to basically keep his rehab on field with the Jets going. Seems like forever ago now, but man, the opening Monday night game of the year, four plays into it. I mean, I don't think I, from from a television standpoint, I can remember an opener with that electricity, level of electricity sort of popping through um, from uh, that particular night as Aaron Rodgers made his debut. And I, I was kind of looking forward to watching the Jets this year. I really thought they had a chance to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I was expecting Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers, but uh, man, uh, injuries in the NFL. Lots of them at quarterback this year. That one kicked it off. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it, Jake. My pleasure, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me. And you're right. I mean, I was at the game week one, and that was one of the. It went from one of the greatest moments of my life as a sports fan, as a Jet fan, to you know one of the worst in about a 10, 15 minute span. So it's just uh, only the Jets, man. Hopefully, hopefully next year they get some health, and you know they could actually get this Aaron Rodgers year that 2023 was supposed to be. Thanks, Jake. Take care. You got it. Thanks again. Jake Asman, everybody at Jake A S M A N on Twitter. Uh, when we come back, we'll do some fantasy talk. Charch is out today. He's got COVID. Uh, hopefully he's uh, okay. Uh, Brian Johnson, who works with Charch, will jump on with us, and we'll talk some fantasy football. A lot of you in playoff mode. Uh, we'll get to that next, right after uh, these messages. You're listening to The Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Uh, what the weekend will be whether or not I'll actually pull the trigger on Taylor Heineke and the Falcons tomorrow. Uh, I will not be here tomorrow. I'm taking tomorrow off, but I will tweet out the smell test for the weekend, and it will also be something that Denton uh, will tweet out from the Team 980 account, and it'll be at the team980.com as well. All right, Charch is not feeling well. Charch actually has COVID. Uh, I hope he's well. Um, Brian Johnson works with Charge. I think we had Brian on last year, actually, when Charge had COVID. Brian's nice enough to spend some time with us right now. He joins us courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline, uh, talking fantasy football playoff time of year. In my case, in one of Charge's guillotine leagues, I'm down to one of three teams left, Brian, and I have some of those questions that I think anybody looking at at tonight's game would ask. And so I'll start with this. It's a no-brainer to start Alvin Kamara tonight, right? I I have him. you got to start him at at the Rams. Yeah, absolutely. Alvin Kamara, pretty much matchup proof at this point based on volume alone. And really the only other saint you're going to contemplate tonight, outside of Jimmy Graham, who's averaging half a touchdown uh, per target, uh, four touchdowns on just seven targets. That's obviously a joke, but I still can't get over the fact that Jimmy Graham has four touchdowns this year on seven targets. Right. Do not start Jimmy Graham. That was a bad joke. But uh, the only other real option, Chris Olave, who sat last week with an ankle sprain, but he will play tonight uh, against the Rams, uh, as we all know, who are allowing more than 160 yards per game to opposing wide receivers. That is a very healthy number. And over the last two weeks, Opposing wideouts are averaging 200-plus yards and have totaled five touchdowns against L.A. And before last week when Olave sat, Olave had an NFL high 1,093 unrealized air yards. So he was getting plenty of uh, shots downfield all season. No other wide receiver was even at 900 last week. So I expect that trend to continue tonight. Uh, Olave should have his shots downfield, and I, I like his chances for a uh, longest reception of the night, too, if, if you're gambling out there. Um, I have Cup and Nakua, uh, and I, I'm, I'm wondering if I start both of them. I mean, I've t- I, look, I, I, I'll put one of them in flex because I've got Tariq Hill, and we'll wait to see what his injury is. Um, but I've also got Rice. I've got Ridley. Um, on my bench, but t- tell me, do I start Nakua and Cup Cup tonight? Uh, this is a tough spot to, to start both. Uh, the Saints have allowed eight wide receiver touchdowns all season. That is the second fewest and just one over their last six games. Now, starting with Cup, he had a, he had a rough stretch uh, towards the middle of the year. He missed the first game, uh, first four games. But recently, he's, he's been back to must-start status, regardless of matchup. He's scored in three straight, 100-plus yards and a touch in each of the last two. And there were tough matchups mixed in those games. Cleveland, Baltimore, and Cup came through with big games. Now, Nakua, 
incredible year. Started off the leading candidate for offensive rookie of the year, but when Cup came back, he slowed down a little bit. And over the last nine games, just two touchdowns for Nakua. During that same span, he's top topped 90 yards just two times. Um, so if I had to pick one, you have to go with Cup. Of course, the, the script could flip and Nakua has the better game, but just based on what you see on paper, I think you just roll with Cup tonight. And I apologize if it turns out to be a Puka Nakua game, but it just doesn't feel like a, you don't want to start both this week. I couldn't do it. A little bit last week um, as well. Um, Alave... I could add Alave and start him in front of Rice and Ridley for Nakua. Would you consider that? Remind me real quick who the Jaguars are playing real quick. The Jaguars. So we'll start with Rice against the Raiders. And Rice has been coming on, coming on strong. Um, let's see. Raiders versus wide receivers allowing – Nearly a touchdown per game, 140 yards. Uh, not not a ton, but I mean, Rice is the only viable wide receiver. I, I certainly would start him over Nakua. I think uh, I don't know if I would play Olave over Rice. That's kind of a coin flip. But if you have someone worth dropping, I would pick up uh, Olave and kind of weigh your options. But it's really a coin flip for me between uh, Olave and Rice this week. I would lean Rice. Just because I don't like having too many eggs in the Thursday night basket because things can get a little weird on Thursday night yeah. uh, if you've been watching the TNF games in recent history. So uh, I would probably go Rice as of right now. All right. Um, we're talking to Brian Johnson, who's in for charge, who's not feeling well. So uh, for those that have Stafford tonight, no-brainer at this point? I wouldn't say it's a no-brainer. He, he is a top-10 option against the Saints. On paper, it looks tough. The Saints are ranked fourth in pass coverage by pro football focus. But if you look at the, the competition they faced recently at the quarterback position, we're talking Tommy DeVito, Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter, Josh Dobbs. None of these guys are comparable to Matt Stafford. Uh, Matt Stafford. Jared Goff is, though. Goff threw for multiple scores against the Saints in Week 13. Um, Stafford has multiple touchdown passes in four straight games, 12 total during that span. So he is a top 10 option. I would have him more near, near the nine, 10 range, but, uh, he should be viable in a, what should be a shootout. And again, if you have Stafford, you, you got both Nakua and cup in your, your back pocket. If, if, if you're not pairing them up with Stafford. So I like having both of those weapons at your disposal rather than having to pick one of the wide receivers to start, that's for sure. So I do like Stafford tonight. I would give him a B grade if you're a fantasy football weekly listener out there. All right. Um, tell me about Bijan Robinson this week against the Colts. Can you start him or not? Man, before last week, Bijan was finally getting bell cow usage. Arthur Smith was doing his job correctly, and he's going into Carolina last week, who people, teams have just been running all over the Panthers. It's a typhoon, a monsoon, whatever weather phenomenon you want to call it, which usually favors uh, the run game. But Bijan fumbles, and he basically doesn't play. He ends up playing 60% of the snaps. Tyler Algier doubles the touches, especially near the, near the stripe. Falcons lose, huge disaster. So you got, there's some trepidation in starting Bijan. But he's got the Colts this week at home, indoors on the fast track. Colts are top five in the most total yards and touchdowns surrendered to running backs 
the only fear is Arthur Smith. Is he going to give Cordero Patterson 10 touches or continue to run Tyler Algier more than Bijan Robinson? I think he comes to his senses and reverts back to the bell cow usage, usage Bijan was getting prior to last week. So I will – it makes me nervous, but I will trust Bijan this week in, in the crucial uh, playoff matchup that you may have. So I will say yes to Bijan. But if you're contemplating Derrick Henry, I'm out on him this week after last week. There's no motivation for uh, Henry to play. The Titans are eliminated from playoff competition for the first time on, uh, under Mike Vrabel's tenure, by the way, which, which is crazy to think. So there's no incentive for them to give Henry bell cow usage. So if you're contemplating Henry – I'm sitting him even in a pretty decent matchup against the Seahawks. I still don't know how they lost that game to Case Keenum and the Texans. Uh, oh, it is bizarre, crazy. And yeah, twenty or ten yards for Henry on twenty touches in his previous five games against the Texans. He racked up like a thousand yards and ten touchdowns, and he wet the bed like that. Just, just brutal. So you can't trust him this week. Uh, uh, any other big name players that you're concerned about this week? Yeah, if Nico Collins returns from his calf injury that forced him out last week, I think people will be excited to put him back in their starting lineup. But uh, going back to the Texans, C.J. Stroud, unlikely to play. So we're looking at another game with Case Keenum, who who played fine last week. From a, but from a fantasy perspective, uh, he's not a very exciting option at quarterback for Nico. And this is a brutal matchup for Collins against the Browns. We're allowing less than 10 catches per game to wide receivers. That's the fewest clip in the league. Uh, Cleveland also got all-pro cornerback Denzel Ward last week. And on the other side at corner, the real story this season has been Martin Emerson Jr., who's been Darrell Revis-like in 444 coverage snaps. Emerson has allowed zero touchdowns and a 44.6 passer rating in his coverage. And with no tank Dell who's been lost for the season for a few weeks now. The Browns are going to be keyed in on Nico. So even if active, I got to keep him on the bench. As much of, as of a baller he's been this year, I just can't trust him against Cleveland, especially with, with Stroud, unlikely to play. Brian Johnson's in for charge with us this week. Uh, all right, give give some people who are out there searching for players to try to hang in there in whatever playoff round they're in. Who are the sleepers out there that might be available for somebody to snag before tonight or the rest of the weekend? You know, odds are you're, you're in the final four. You got a, a pretty solid team, so you're not going to go too deep at sleeper, but I, I got a couple guys that are just intriguing. If you're super desperate, or maybe if you're a, a daily fantasy player or you want to play some prop bets, I'll start with Boston Scott, the running back. Uh, backup running back for the Eagles, but I love Boston Scott for a anytime touchdown, or if you were just super needy in a touchdown heavy fantasy league, he historically just destroys the Giants. Nine career touchdowns in eight games <laughs> against New York. So history is on Boston Scott's side. He'd be a bare minimum daily fantasy player. And in that same realm of daily fantasy or taking pretty much any over you can find on his passing props. Believe it or not, I like Carolina's Bryce Young against the Packers, who have yielded the NFC Offensive Player of the Week award in back-to-back weeks to Tommy DeVito and Baker Mayfield. And (laughs) Bryce Young's been brutal all year, but the Panthers have a lot of incentive to win as a two-win team 
because they have to hand over their first-round pick to the Bears, which is currently the number one overall pick. And Bryce Young doesn't want that to happen. The whole organization doesn't want that, that to happen. They're playing every game like the Super Bowl to try to get out of that number one pick spot that they have to hand over to the Bears. Adam Thielen has history against the Packers, has posted big numbers, and Bryce Young, another guy who will be bare minimum in daily fantasy, and, you know, the the passing prop numbers won't be too high. So I'll take I'll take the over on Bryce Young all day this weekend. I think uh, he could surprise some people with a big game against the Packers, just as Tommy DeVito and Baker Mayfield have done over the last two weeks. Wow. Uh, all right, Swift, Barkley, Pacheco, you can only pick one of the three. Who would you take? Man, it's tough to trust Isaiah Pacheco right now, especially in a game where even though the Chiefs offense is underwhelmed this year, they're probably going to roll the Raiders. So they don't want to, you know, have any setbacks with Pacheco, who had surgery last week and is going to play this week. I don't know why he didn't have the surgery two weeks ago. So I'm out on uh, Pacheco against the Raiders. DeAndre Swift against the Giants. Again, well, Jalen Hurts has been stealing all the, the short goal line work, right? And I already mentioned Boston Scott kills the Giants. So I'm a little nervous about DeAndre Swift, who really has been a disappointment outside of that monster game he had against the Vikings way back in week three. And sorry, remind me, who was who was the third option? I've got Barkley. Saquon Barkley, yeah, against the Eagles. You know, seeing what Kenneth Walker did against the Eagles on Monday night, Barkley is certainly a similar talent. Uh, Eagles on a short week, divisional matchup. I think I would roll with Barkley just based on the fact that he should see the most volume. And the Giants still alive in the playoff hunt, clinging for life. Barkley, big disappointment last week. But of those three, I would probably roll with Barkley based on the volume alone. Let me ask you about a couple of other players. Um, Ty Chandler is a is a good back and he's now the lead back for Minnesota against a Detroit defense that has struggled at times here over the last month or so if you needed a back would you consider Ty Chandler because I would imagine he's available in a lot of leagues right now yeah if available I would certainly scoop him up you know a lot of people certainly ran to the wa- waiver wire after last week and he had a career high in carries and uh, targets he basically had a better game than Alexander Madison has had in his entire career. <laughs> but uh, the Bengals were uh, a softer matchup than the Lions. The Bengals also lost like three starters on defense throughout that game. D- Detroit has they, – they did go through some rough patches on defense, but they have stiffened up as of late. Uh, their pro football focus is fourth best run defense as of right now. The Lions have not had a running back top 67 rushing yards against them. And they've given up a league low 62 rushing yards per game. So Chandler, don't expect as big a game as he had last week against the Bengals, but he's certainly a low-end RB2 or or has flex appeal because the Vikings, they have to give him 20 touches now after at least last week to see what he can do in a lead role because Alexander Madison was not getting it done. So Chandler, he's startable. He's not a smash start, but – Regardless, if he's out there, just grab him so you have him on roster. All right. Lastly, do you like a lot of the Chiefs uh, against the Raiders? I mean, it, they have not been big point producers, Mahomes, Kelsey, et cetera. Um, but do you like them against the Raiders? Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, Kelsey, you're starting Kelsey regardless. 
But honestly, if, there, if you happen to have Travis Kelsey and Sam Laporta or Trey McBride or TJ Hawkinson, odds are you don't. But Hawkinson, Laporta, and McBride have kind of leapfrogged Kelsey in the, you know, the overall tight end rankings. They've been outperforming him. But you still got to roll out Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes against the Raiders. Mahomes has had monster games. And Rasheed Rice finally coming on finally running 80 90 percent of the routes playing just as many of the snaps so he is their bona fide wide receiver one and really he might be the top receiver on the team over travis kelsey so those are the only three options i really like unless you're in super deep leagues maybe you throw a dart at Jarek mckinnon who was a fantasy football playoff hero last year or as isaiah pacheco if he comes back and plays, but odds are you might have better options there, but it's really Mahomes, Kelsey and Rice. I have the most confidence in, in that matchup. As you were listening to tight ends, I, I think you may have left out Najoko. Uh Najoko from, from Cleveland with Flacco. He is, he's killing it. Yeah, he is. He's balling out big time. And yeah, Joe Flacco, I mean, he, Joe Flacco, uh, another <laughs> nice sleeper option against the, the aforementioned Texans. Who's a, uh, secondary has been pretty soft as of late. So if you're needy, a quarterback or, or tight end Flacco and Njoku, you're right. They, they've both been balling out together. A nice little pairing too. If you're, if you're playing daily fantasy to, uh, I like to call it uh, the Batman and Robin approach pairing up Flacco with Njoku. They'd be pretty cheap. I like that angle. All right. We are done in Gotham. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> job. Uh, and, and tell charge. We hope he feels better. I will. I, mean, I appreciate for, appreciate you having me on. I uh, was a heavy listener back in my Nova days. I used to live, uh, you know, the Arlington, Alexandria area. So it's real for me to be on. Good times. Well, thanks, Brian. Good job. Appreciate it. Talk soon. Later. Thanks, Johnson. Everybody. Yeah, I got Denton. I got some um, got some big decisions to make on my team. Down to three team th- three uh, teams left in Charch in one of Charch's guillotine leagues. I auto-drafted my team, too. Uh, but I have certainly tweaked the team throughout the season. Um, but I think I, I'm, I'm going with Mahomes uh, against Kansas City. I got him as my quarterback. Um, and probably, I think now, Rasheed Rice is one of the receivers to go with Cup. Do you care about my fantasy team? Probably not. I hope you're successful. I hope you're successful in all your gambling and fantasy <laughs> ventures. I've never been into fantasy before, but this time I am. I sweated out Monday night because I was so close to being eliminated with one more A.J. Brown catch, and he didn't come up with it. Uh, But I got some decisions to make before tonight. I don't know, man. Cup or Nakua? I guess I'll go with Cup. Dump Nakua. Keep keep Hill alive. He's still questionable for the game on uh, on Sunday against the Cowboys. All right, uh, a lot of NFL uh, little nugget news items that I'll get to. Uh, at 12, Matt Miller will join us. He wrote a story about the quarterbacks in the upcoming NFL draft and interviewed several NFL front office executives on the condition of anonymity. We'll talk to him at noon. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Caps in action last night. They beat the Islanders 3-2 in overtime. Dylan Strome scored the winning goal. It was his team-leading 13th of the season. They're now 16-9-4. 
on the year. They're on the road tonight, back-to-back, in Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets. Wizards in action tonight as well. They're on the West Coast. They'll be in Portland. Tip-off at 10. You can hear it right here on the Team 980. And that's what's trending. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So Monday Night Football uh, will feature the game of the year. Uh, There have been some really good matchups this year. That Chiefs-Dolphins game that we had from Frankfurt, you know, a month ago going into it was highly anticipated. But I think there's no doubt that it's the best team in the league and perhaps the second best team in the league in Baltimore matched up so late in the season. um, And it could be a preview of the Super Bowl. Now, the 49ers are five-and-a-half-point favorites uh, in this game, and the Ravens claim that they feel, quote, disrespected safety Kyle Hamilton said. We feel a little disrespected by that. I feel like we are the best team in the league and we've got an opportunity in front of the country uh, to show it. Um, Lamar Jackson had a slightly different take. He said, I don't want them to pick us. I like being the underdog. I believe we play better when we're doubted and when people aren't choosing us to win the game. Uh, that was from him. By the way, the um, uh, the Bengals uh, were favored over the Ravens earlier in the season. I know that was earlier in the season, and that's the only time all season that the uh, Ravens have been an underdog, and they won that game in week two, but Cincinnati obviously was perceived to be a better team at that point um, in the season. Five and a half, Denton, is exactly where I think it should be. Uh, I thought it actually should be a little bit higher. Remember, we guessed that, and I said, I thought it might be six and a half, seven. You thought it might be like four. So five and a half, and everything I've seen in terms of the information Um, that I get offshore is that the action is split right down the middle in this game, which means they got the point spread right. Um, That's the right line. San Francisco's at home, five and a half. Essentially what it says is on a neutral field, San Francisco would be a two and a half point favorite. That actually seems low to me. I think the five and a half seems a little bit low. Um, But uh, the public likes 
uh, both sides equally in this one. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, there's another NFL story out there that the Vikings, and the Vikings are one of those teams with the turf that apparently there is a league-leading number of non-contact injuries. They have made it clear that they are going to switch their artificial turf uh, for next season. The, it's What they have right now um, is what they call the slit film turf, which is associated with the highest rate of lower extremity non-contact injuries among all of the artificial surfaces used in NFL uh, stadiums. Um, there are a couple of other stadiums that have it, including, uh, by the way, uh, Indianapolis and the um, and the Meadowlands. Uh, the Vikings are the first to say they're going to switch to something different. I don't know why this isn't an across-the-board league-mandated thing. If there is clear evidence that this slit film field turf has the highest number of low-extremity non-contact injuries – it should be it should be gone. It should be out of there. Now, by the way, Kirk Cousins did not get hurt at home. Um, he had a non-contact torn Achilles. It actually happened at Lambeau on natural grass. Uh, Lambeau still with, with natural grass. Um, and then one more story from the NFL. The game Saturday night between the Bills and the Chargers, if you watch that game on Saturday night, the fourth quarter, they're going to experiment with something. I don't know why they need to do this. I don't hear, honestly, that much complaining about commercials anymore. They figured out a way to not go sort of back-to-back with touchdown kickoff, touchdown commercial, kickoff commercial, and then finally get a play. Um, but they're going fourth quarter commercial-free on Saturday night in the Bills-Chargers game, which is on Peacock. Um, So I don't know what the purpose of testing that is, but they're doing their best to keep these games moving and keep them uh, consumed in a way. Are you bothered by commercials? I'm not bothered by the commercials after they went to and they they made an effort to um, ensure that you weren't going to have that, you know, Long stretch of football, and then you get a, a touchdown, you get a kickoff, you touchdown commercial, kickoff commercial, and like 10 minutes, 8 minutes, 9 minutes would pass before you actually saw a real football play. You don't get that anymore. That used to drive people nuts. Regular commercials, and by the way, a lot of these commercials are, you know, those, you know, they keep half the screen on the game. They're the 30-second spots. The other half uh, of the screen is for the spot. I don't really think that it's that intrusive like I used to. Do you? I mean, it depends who's calling the game. Sometimes I need a little bit of a break from uh, from certain of the broadcast teams, but you know, the picture-in-picture stuff I think is is good. A lot more than just football has started to kind of interpret or um, utilize that a little bit more. I, I'm not that overwhelmed by commercials. Like, what else – what else do you want to see on the screen? If there's no game action going, all it then does is become like a short little podcast episode. If you don't love the broadcast team, no, nah, I'll, I'll do a Domino's commercial rather than listen to someone I don't like that much yap about nothing. I wonder who's doing the uh, uh, Peacock game on Saturday night. I guess it's probably Tariko and Collinsworth, right? Uh, either them or um, maybe Eagle, the guy that's going to be replacing Michaels in the postseason this year. In the year. postseason. He's good. No Eagle's really very good. good. Yeah. I mean, Ian's great. 
Um, Because NBC's got Bengals Steelers at 4.30, and then Bills Chargers is the primetime game on Peacock. So I I imagine Tariqo Collinsworth have one of those two games, and then they're probably in – no, the the Christmas Eve game, Sunday night game, is not an NBC game. It's an NFL Network game. It might be um, uh, Eagle and Blackledge. I think Todd Blackledge is getting a little bit more action now the college is over. But do you know which game they work? Which of the two? No, I. I, I would I bet. You, I would bet you Tariqo Collinsworth are in primetime Saturday night. Yeah, on Peacock. Um, Peacock, by the way, for me and Amazon as well, the best picture by far. Uh, that thing locks into 4K a lot of the time, and the network stuff doesn't. My Amazon is the best picture I get of a game all week long on Thursday night. Uh, Speaking of Thursday night football, I'll have an early smell test pick on Rams Saints coming up next hour. Up next, Matt Miller uh, is an NFL draft analyst for ESPN. We'll talk to him about, yeah, quarterbacks primarily when we come back. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and theteam980.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly 